Welcome to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. I am your host, Ashley Frasca, hour number two of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. We uh, we have a lot of big topics for you today, and I kind of teased in the last hour, everywhere from birds to NASCAR to Mick Jagger. The show is just going to be a little bit of everything today, so I want you to stay tuned for that. And a reminder of the Great Backyard Bird Count that began yesterday, but at any point through Monday, if you can take 15 minutes out and count birds in your yard, but you do have to log it on the website, birdcount.org, and create a free account. So anyways, Joe Lample in studio with me, host of Growing a Greener World and known on social media as Joe Gardner. Hey there. Hey, Ashley. Wow, I'm so glad you came. (laughs) I'm glad I'm here. Thanks for having me. I mean, I almost tailored this topic around you because I know your passion for starting seed and I know your experience and your knowledge on the subject. And I thought that's going to be a great topic. I mean, Joe and I can talk about all other things (laughs) with all of you, but I just thought that that would be kind of a fun way to fill two hours. And we're back to basics here on Green and Growing. We are back to basics, people starting things for the first time. And of course, the topics have to be timely. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I think we're coming up on where we can start seed if that's what you choose to do in your garden. We are in the sweet spot Mm -hmm. of seed starting season for this area, zone 7B or A or somewhere around there. Uh, Sometime between now and early March, I think, is the ideal time so that you can get those seeds planted and growing out to the point that they can be planted outside right after the last risk of frost around right here in Atlanta. It's like April 15th. But you don't you don't want to start them too early. We're so eager to get those seeds in the ground. You know, we want something to do. Well, we've been like hooped up all winter. <laughs> and yeah, it's a project that you're ready to start after Christmas. You're ready to kind of move on to something. But like you said, that is key. And that's kind of slowly what I'm learning. The chance yeah. of the last frost, yep. we can go to georgiaweather.net and kind of see a trend of the mm-hmm. previous years. I mean, but in Georgia, you know, the weather's wacky. Yeah. So, I mean, the last frost could be in March, could be mid-April. Mm-hmm. So generally, as a rule of thumb, as right. you said, early to mid-April is kind of what we'll bank on. And you almost have to back time six weeks from that so that your seeds have time to germinate they have Mm -hmm. time to grow inside in those Mm -hmm. six weeks and then by time they're not mature plants but plants sturdy enough enough, yet to go outside that puts you at that six week period where you're able to bring them outside and plant them when there's no risk of a frost anymore that's right and you know if you got caught and you planted them a little early and then the frost the weather changes you can do things to protect your plants outside you don't have to dig them up necessarily you know, there's tricks that we can do there, too. But it's better, as a general rule, it's better to wait a little bit and pass, plant past the frost date right. than to plant early. It makes it easier on you and better on the plants, too. So I would be curious how many of our listeners, I know hundreds of them have to be master gardeners yeah. and, and hundreds of them have to have experience with this. And then we have the subsect, probably like my husband or some of my friends, why in the world would you want to start tomato plants and oh. pepper plants from seed? Like, Go to Pike Nursery, uh-huh. just buy the plant, you yeah. know, and save yourself the trouble. But this is something I'm anxious to try. Oh, it is so much fun. I have learned more. You know, I have a background in horticulture, and I've been a lifetime gardener. But I have learned more during that time from sowing the seeds until you move them outside. Because where else can you have the opportunity to get up close and personal with your plants as they're growing? Plus, you have a vested interest right from the start putting that seed in the ground and watching it grow, I am mm-hmm. guilty. And I know a lot of the seed starters listening to me right now have done the same thing. You get those seed trays and you start to see them germinate. And then you can't help but watch them like stand there for like 30 minutes. <laughs> in wanting, awe. Wanting to see some growth because, you know, you're so excited. And go, take that to over six weeks and um, it's crazy. But no, you just learn so much. I, I, and there's a, many other reasons why you want to start plants from seed. The own varieties, you, you, you just can't, you know, you, as many options as pike gives you you just can't 
grow everything you want right. by buying the seedling there. You got to do it from seed if you really want to spread out. And I got some uh, packets, too, of flowers, marigolds oh, right. and, of course, zinnias and stuff like <clears throat> that. I mean, you know, and, and zinnias, I've had success either way yeah. by buying the plants. But, I mean, the seeds are just fun to to start from the beginning, watch them grow, and then when they start to dry out, collecting the yeah. seed pods and just kind of doing this cycle all over again. Well, if you like to garden, I don't know why you wouldn't like to start seeds because you learn so much more in the process and it's one more thing you can do when you can't do other things. Right. Yeah. Tell folks kind of all of the different media outlets that you're in, but then why starting seed is so special. Um PBS, first of all, my television show, Growing a Greener World, all over the country, and thankfully in both uh, Atlanta stations, uh, and then my podcast, The Joe Gardner Show, and then, of course, all the social media channels, and YouTube, Joe Gardner TV, and, you know, pretty much, <laughs> I've been Everywhere. doing this for 20 years. Someone so. that does it very well, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, and you. you're reaching all kinds of people by doing all mm -hmm. these different mediums, for sure. Right. I mean, you've got followers throughout the country. Yeah, no, and there's a lot of crossover, of course, but uh, I'm fortunate that way, and I love engaging with everybody, but I love to teach. You know, that's, I think maybe that's why I just have, I don't feel like I'm working because I love to teach, right. and, and, and the response has been very good. But seed starting, you know, I got into gardening when I was eight years old uh, by starting seed. And so it was so exciting to me then. Uh, but today, many years later, I won't say how many, but many years later, I find seed starting as exciting as I did the first time I ever put a seed in the ground and watched it sprout. Until I, I just never get tired of it because it's amazing. It's fascinating. It's you're in awe of the process. It's still a mystery. As much, often as you do it, there's still things that come up that you're not quite sure why that's happening. Right. Which is what I mean. How good, that's what gardening's all about. That's yeah. why I love it the most. But um, starting seed is the chance for you to do something in the wintertime when you can't do other things. And just be right there, have it right in your face. I mean, that's the only time of the year where you can really have that plant in your face at your eye, at eye level. We talked uh, in the last half hour, Joe, about kind of the, the basics that I'm starting off with, the seed tray, mm -hmm. having the soil and all the little cups, mm -hmm. you know, and you could even use solo cups or something, folks. You don't have to get right. real fancy and go out to an agricultural Anything. store and buy mm -hmm. all of that. And then what else do I need? I need to explain a heating pad and lights are crucial. Well, um, actually, a heating pad is not necessarily oh, crucial. Good. It depends. You know, where we live in this in, in, in Georgia, um, seeds have a preferred temperature range in which they germinate. And if it's below that temperature or above that temperature, they will not germinate. Um, but within that range, which is very forgiving, they're going to sprout. It's just a matter of how long it takes. And so the closer you are to the optimal germination temperature, the faster that seed's going to germinate, unless it needs special care. And we can talk about that in another segment of this right. show. But um, so the heating pad, a lot of people think they need that, and it does speed up germination. But I can tell you in my trials here, because the ambient temperature in Georgia, unless you're in a really cold room, uh, it's close enough for that seed that it doesn't need extra heat. The extra heat here will, will give us maybe a day or two or three faster germination. But when you think about you're going to have that seed indoors for roughly six weeks. Right. So what's another day or two? I mean, gaining another day or two. Yeah. So if you want to save yourself, 15, 25 bucks, you don't need the heat heat mat, but it doesn't hurt for sure. Okay. And we do hurt. need lights. You absolutely need light. Even when people have a south-facing window that gets full sun all day, rare is the situation where that's enough. You usually need to at least supplement it, supplement it and it depends on how much additional natural light you have that determines how strong that supplemental light needs to be. But for a lot of us, we don't have the luxury of that south-facing window. So mm -hmm. we're doing it in a basement or in our, our spare room or something like that, in which case you really need 
dedicated light. But the beauty of it is it doesn't need to be a 300-watt grow light. Oh, cool. In fact, that's overkill. Okay. But fortunately, technology has changed so much and the prices have come down so much. And yet, I know a lot of people out there right now have been using their fluorescent shop lights forever. You and I were talking about this a minute ago. You know, do you need to buy a, an LED Some grow light? Some special light kit or something, yeah. And while those lights and the technology works great, uh, you know what also works great is a fluorescent shop light. Love it. And it's got to be really close. For, for Yeah. Fluorescent shop lights typically are 40 watts. The T12, the old, you know, tube that's the size of a quarter. Yeah. Um, those have to be really right on top of the foliage. And as the plant grows up, you just continue to lift the lights up. But um, LED lights are a whole nother ball game. They are deceptively powerful okay. and they can literally burn your plants. Okay. And then the next most basic thing that a, a very gentle seed needs is water, just like the rest of us. Yeah. But before we do that, you know, it's the seed starting mix that you put your seeds into. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as far as the chronological order of doing this, Finding the right seed starting mix is key. And so, thankfully, when you go buy your seeds, usually there's that bag of seed starting mix right there that you can get. And unless you're starting a lot of seeds, you just buy the bag that's right there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there, it's not all that cheap. It's five, six bucks for a bag. It does about two trays. Oh, good. So, you know, most people, that's about right for them. But if you're ambitious and you're growing a lot of trays, you might want to look for a wholesale operation or something like that. Griffin Greenhouse Supply here in Ballground. You know, you don't have to be in the business to go buy from them, but you can buy in bulk. And so you can get a big bag, like the big bags of yes. mulch and stuff, but they have pro professional soil mix. Over near Highway 5 and Airport Road. I there was you just go. there a couple weeks All ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so a lot of people that are serious seeders are talking about that, that plant mix and how the importance of it being sterile yeah. is. What's your thought on that? It's true. Um you're not introducing diseases or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, there's a fungal disease that's very common uh, called damping off, and it's the probably the number one thing that can take your seedlings out as they germinate. And, and a lot of times that's from spores in the soil that you might dig up from your backyard or they might blow in. But sterile mix isn't really soil. It's, for the most part, the most common input is peat moss. Right. And peat moss isn't soil, but it's a growing medium that drains well and holds water. And so that's what you're going to find in most of your bags. But there's another option these days, coconut fiber, which is called core, C-O-I-R. Wow. It's an alternative and it's looked at as a more sustainable alternative to peat because that's harvested from peat bogs and that's a bit controversial as to the sustainability of that. So people are looking for an alternative. And so core is the competitor, the the product that people are looking towards more. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, in my trials, and I did a lot of trials for this course I did, core, uh, I want to I want to love core. I really want to love core. But there's some tricks to core that you'll have terrible results if you don't do some things with core to make it work. And that's fleshing it. Sometimes it's coconut husk. So it's grown up or it's grown up. It's it's come up come up through the areas along the beach and right. where it's salty down wherever, you know, they're harvesting it from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it can have a good bit of salt in it. And if you don't flush the core soil medium first before you plant your seeds, that can impede the development of your seedlings. And I can attest to that over many trials. If you don't, you, you'll have disappointing results and you won't know. You'll think, what am I doing wrong? But you may not be doing anything wrong. Right. We did trials, side-by-side -side trials, and core was one of the four trays on the rack, and the others used peat moss. 
Which is way more common. And way just more common, much more readily available. Mm-hmm. But the peat-based products, the seedlings were taking off. I mean, they were exploding. They were gorgeous and everything. But the tray that had the core in it, they were barely up, you know? It was dramatically different. And we showed that in pictures and in video and stuff. But uh, you just, people don't know that you need to flush that and potentially add some fertilizer. But if they didn't know, they would think they were doing something wrong, and right. they're not. We've got Joe Lample here, host of Growing a Greener World. And when he's talking about trials, guys, he has had his scientist hat on for at least the last couple of years doing all different things with starting seed. And I'm just so proud to let folks know that you've got the master seed starting modules, a course Uh online that Mm -hmm. folks can pay to take Mm -hmm. 10 modules of watching you videos at their leisure, like an online workshop almost. And he is telling you the best practices and the best ways of accomplishing this Mm -hmm. and doing this in a very non-intimidating way. Right. You're really approaching this from from my level. Like, Ashley, you're just starting. Here's what you need. So everybody, if they wanted to look into it, it's just joegardner.com slash MSS for Master Seed Starting. Right now until 9 o'clock is the time that we can pick Joe's brain on that and other things. 404 Rachel and Tucker, you've got a great question. Good morning. Good morning. I've got, I started my seeds and they're just doing great mm. under fluorescent light. Um, they're about three inches right now. I want to know, do I need to turn these fluorescent lights off for some portion of the 24-hour period in order to give them a rest? Well, uh, yeah, probably the rule of thumb is 16 hours on, 8 hours off is a good, good safe thing to do and just get a timer for that. I have trialed leaving the lights on 24-7 and the results actually go backwards. You have worse results if you continue to leave the lights on all the time. So keep it simple, get a timer and go 16 hours on and 8 off and you should be fine. We had Rachel call earlier about lighting, proper lighting for seed and things like that. We're kind of going to the next step. When you're starting seed, we talked about starting your tray and your soils, the lighting and proper watering and stuff like that. So then kind of where do we go to cover, to not cover when I see things coming up? What do I do? Oh, well, before you see things coming up, you've taken your seeds that you've sown in your trays and you've put them down under your lights, presumably. And one thing that's very important at this stage is to cover them up, to keep the humidity in the soil, because seeds have to have moisture in order to germinate. They won't germinate without moisture. And so once that you see the germination take place, whatever you use to cover them, typically it's something clear so you can see in to know that it's germinating, you have to remove or you should remove that cover because if you don't, now you've created too much humidity around seedlings that are germinating that don't need the humidity for the same reason anymore. Now it can foster that disease called damping off. It's a fungal disease that's very common with tender seedlings, and you don't want that. And it's exacerbated when it's too moist. So removing that temp, that cover allows air circulation, and an extra little fan helps with that. Now what kind of cover are we talking about? Because the seed trays come with like a plastic Sometimes lid. they do, mm-hmm. yes. That's perfect. That's oh, okay. made for that. But if you don't have that and you don't want to spend five bucks on a clear cover, just get some plastic wrap or plexiglass or something. You just want to hold the moisture in and watch for the germination so you remove it so you don't encumber the opportunity for that seedling to reach for the light. So keeping it covered. Until germination. But as soon as you see one, of, one or two okay. of those in the cells germinating, go ahead and remove it because that's an indication the rest of them should not be far behind. But now it's your job to make sure that 
those cells have enough water in them so the seeds continue to germinate. Even though they're lacking behind, they still need that moisture. Mm -hmm. But just the key is not too much moisture. And the way you prevent that is to have a fan or something that moves that air across the soil surface. And if you can do that, you probably will not get damping off, which is that disease. And then we started to touch on watering, whether you do it from the tray underneath Mm -hmm. or from above. Yeah, it's personal preference. But for me, I like to do it from underneath called bottom watering, which is putting the water into the reservoir or that bottom tray that the cell tray nests into. By doing that, there are holes in the bottom of the cell tray Mm -hmm. and it will it'll actually wick up the water so it goes up the soil it comes up yeah and reaches the seed Mm -hmm. and so that's a good way to do it so that you don't beat the seedlings to death when you're overhead watering Mm -hmm. they're pretty tough and they surprisingly are resilient but to me i'd rather not add that extra stress to them and so i just bottom water so if you like what you're hearing about starting seed, visit joegardner.com slash MSS mm-hmm, for, for master, master seed. seed starting. And you can kind of find out more information there.